0: You've always thrown everything you could at me! Well, I can take it! And now I can give it back! Come on! Strike me! You've never held that before! The ocean and wind sprayed him with cool mist, but he didn't care. He couldn't move. His toes were buried in the sand that was just as soft as he remembered. He remembered that night, the storm, the rain, the lightning. He remembered the stories that told of how, when he was born, there was no firebender spark in his eyes. There was none of the ferocity in him that his father had wanted. A disappointment since he'd been born into the world. He'd been born tame, soft, and weak. Still. Ozai was not quite that cruel just yet, and for a while, he loved his son. Even when his daughter Azula was born, everything he wanted, for a while they were happy. That was how Zuko remembered it, at least. There was a time when they were all well and truly happy. He remembered how Li and Lo told him of Azula's birth, and how extraordinary she was. Born too early, too eager to see the light of the sun. She was born on a summer sunrise, where he was born at an unholy hour of winter morning. Upon her birth, there was more than a fierceness in her young eyes. If Lee and Lo's stories were to be believed, sparks came from her fingertips when she first started to cry and they knew that a legend had just been born. Zuko watched the ocean waves rise and fall and did not find himself comforted by their presence. He'd made peace with his destiny, yes, but he was still a son of fire. It was in his nature to burn and inside, the flames raged as fiercely as the waves crashed upon weathered stone. Zuko? He heard Katara call out, soft, steady, and careful. What? He spat out, his jaw clenched. You weren't at dinner, she tried. Even her footsteps were careful as she approached him. I've been looking for you for half an hour. I was worried. I'm fine. He barked. He didn't look back at her. You don't need to worry about me. Are you okay? She tried again, still in her footsteps as she saw him start to tense up. I said I'm fine, Katara! What part of that did you not understand? He cried out, as he turned his head towards her, but he never opened his eyes. Zuko hissed, Just leave me alone! Katara stood there and watched him for a moment. He thought she would go and report back to the others how he'd gone bad again, that he could not be trusted. Fine, he thought. Let her. She'd be right anyway. No, she said, her voice firm. No, he echoed. You're not okay, Zuko. You don't know me, he said darkly. Yes, I do, Katara said with more certainty. Cruelty doesn't suit you, Zuko. It never has. Stop talking like you know me. You don't know anything about me, Katara. Just leave. Fire flared from his nostrils as he exhaled. He could feel his heart racing in his chest. He could feel the tautness of his arms. Would she bend him to submission? A part of his mind wondered. But he didn't need to ask. He already knew that she never would. Not to him. No, she repeated again. Calm but firm. This isn't like you. Because you don't know me! Zuko yelled, and he stood. Sand fell from his form, and he stomped over to her, fire flaring from his ears and nose and mouth. A dragon made into man. Nobody knows me, and nobody cares! And everybody just leaves, just like you will! Just don't leave me alone and just go away! No! She said, standing her ground. I care, Zuko, whether you want me to or not. With that, Zuko roared and threw a flaming punch. Sloppily, not aiming, just knowing that the fire was there and he could not stop it. Katara was fast, though. He didn't hit her, but his fire burnt bright. He punched and kicked without grace. He yelled and groaned without aim, and he fought and fought without reason. Katara bent water from the ocean and extinguished every flame he tried to hit her with. He wasn't trying to hurt her. He attacked like a wounded animal, simply striking at whatever was near. He knew she was trying to call out to him, trying to say his name, trying to bring him back to himself. His fire grew more and more uncontrolled as he struck and in the sky, the clouds parted to reveal the moon. Not quite full, but bright in its place in the sky. Enough! She yelled as she summoned a wave from the ocean to wash over him. He fell to his knees and coughed out the seawater. I'm trying to help you, Zuko! She cried out, as she fell to her knees, too. As he coughed, she took his face into her hands. Please, let me! Her eyes, so bright and blue in the light, looking at him with a kindness he didn't deserve. So much so that he remembered the first time she was this close to him, when they were surrounded by stone and sky. I'll make sure your destiny ends right then and there. Permanently. No, he thought. He shook that memory away. She had the right to be angry with him. He had no right to hold that against her. His breathing started to even out as peace settled over his heart again. His ears stopped ringing and the rage within him quieted down. A steady, cool calm washed over him with him in her hands. Katara looked up at him, concerned and afraid. Not of him, but for him. I'm not taking orders from you anymore. He remembered saying, not to her. You will obey me or this defiant breath will be your last rang his father's voice in his memory. Think again. I'm going to speak my mind, and you are going to listen, he'd said with such a calm clarity that he almost didn't recognize himself. The memory soothed him somehow, and he recalled how speaking to his father as such had cleared so many things in his mind. When he'd accepted his destiny and voiced it out, It was as if the stars finally aligned in the sky, and he wasn't quite as lost anymore. Not quite found just yet, no, but at least now he knew where he was supposed to go, more or less. I'm sorry, he'd said, taking her wrists gingerly in his hands to move them away from his face. I'll save you from the pirates. He remembered himself saying to her, but he could not bring himself to laugh. His eyes were wide with apology as he looked to her and asked, Did I hurt you? You're going to have to do a lot better than that to hurt me, she said, and he let her hands drop. He nodded and twisted so that he was sat back down upon the sand. She mirrored him and sat next to him on his left side. He didn't move away. You know what does hurt, though? Seeing my friend hurting so much and not being able to do anything about it. Zuko brought his knees up and rested his arms atop of them. Katara folded her legs to a lotus position and, for a brief spell of time, the pair of them only watched the sea. The light of the moon and stars reflected back into the inky black water with just the barest hint of silver from the light and gold from the fires that were farther away. "'I don't think I ever apologized to you,' she started suddenly. He twisted his head, confusion etched onto his expression. "'For what?' "'For that day you saved us from Combustion Man.' "'That's not his name, you know,' he'd said." His lips quirked up in a humorless smirk. Not important. When you joined us and I was so angry with you, I threatened to kill you, Zuko. He shrugged, a little stunned that, apparently, she was thinking about it too. Still, he'd never begrudge her that. He deserved it, after all. That's okay. Zuko, it's not. What I did was wrong. I know I had the right to be angry with you, and that's not what I'm apologizing for, but threatening you like that was… Where did this even come from? He asked suddenly. I just thought a lot about what you said before, and what you've been like to us, to me. You've become so important to me in such a short amount of time, and I, I never apologized for what I said to you then, and I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Zuko, you didn't, you don't deserve that. Zuko just watched her from the corner of his eye and decided to nod. And when I hit you that night with a water whip, I... Katara, stop, he said and exhaled. You don't have to apologize for any of that. I deserved it. Zuko, please, you didn't and you don't. She told him, exasperated. You were finally trying to do the right thing, and I tried to hurt you for it. Don't worry about it. You didn't threaten me because I decided to join your group. You threatened me because you were trying to protect your family from someone you thought would betray you again. I'd earned that distrust from you. It was well placed. I'm not angry with you for that. You had every right to think that of me then. But for what it's worth, I forgive you. That's what friends do, right? Yeah, she agreed. Thanks, Zuko. They sat in silence again, with the melody of the ocean lulling them both to peace. He was content to sit there and watch the sea until he fell asleep, but he could tell that there was something else that she wanted to say. And perhaps... There were things that he wanted her to listen to, but he didn't quite know how to bring up. You said... You said everybody leaves. Is that really what you think's going to happen? That we're all going to leave you? It's what I deserve, he said. But before she could argue, he explained I'm not like you and the others. After the war, you all have places to be, homes to go back to, people to hang on to. But I have no idea what's going to happen to me. Your uncle... I don't even know if he'd ever forgive me. Forgive you? You're not the only one I betrayed in Bossing Sei, Katara, he said, and her shoulders dropped as she recalled the scene in the catacombs. He felt tears race down his cheeks as he told her the story. I tried to visit him so many times, but he wouldn't even look at me. I think of you as my own, Uncle Iro had told him once, at the North Pole, and Zuko was so unaccustomed to such care, he didn't know what to do with it. What he'd give for the only man who'd ever truly been a real father to him now. But he'd lost that, too. Katara watched him speak and cry, not saying a word. I was so lost and confused. But I know I shouldn't complain. He has every right to hate me after everything I've done to him. I know I hurt him, too. But I forgave you. So will he, she said, so sure of herself. Well, you're you, Katara. He said, a matter-of-factly. But we're Fire Nation. Fire isn't always as kind. You forgave me, she pointed out. There really wasn't anything to forgive, he said, shrugging. You were justified, you were owed. Zuko, she started. Your uncle's not your father, you know? At the mention of his father from her, Not as the Fire Lord, but as his father. He nearly jumped. His eyes were wide as he regarded her. What do you know about my father? He asked carefully. I know he's the Fire Lord, and I know about how you got your scar. He grit his teeth and struggled to keep the anxious fire inside from burning up again. "'How?' he started to ask, but she cut him off. "'Suki told me. "'She knows?' "'She told me about the training accident and—' "'Wait,' he interrupted, holding a hand up. "'Training accident?' "'The Agni Kai?' His gold eyes narrowed at her, and when her blue ones looked up at him, he understood— She thought she knew. She didn't. What exactly did she tell you about my scar? He asked carefully. That you supposedly disrespected your father at some kind of meeting, and how your father made you take some kind of test? Zuko barked a harsh, humorous laugh. (laughs) Is that really the story that's going around? I... I... Katara started. She averted her gaze and looked towards the sand. She traced patterns on the surface, figures that didn't really mean anything. She spoke again, quietly. I'm sorry we talked about you behind your back. I I guess I shouldn't listen to rumors. It's okay. I know people talk about it, but if you're going to say you know how I got my scar, you might as well get it right." He looked to the distance. This was going to be difficult, as he had never spoken of that day to anyone. Anyone who should know already knew, so there was no reason to bring it up, and nobody ever really did bring it up with him. There were whispers in the shadows he knew, after three years. He'd gotten good at tuning them all out. An Agni Kai is not a training exercise, he said as his tale began. When I was 13, I wanted desperately to be involved in my father's political planning. I wanted him to be proud of me. Azula was already advanced farther than me in just about everything with firebending, but even she'd never been invited to a war council before and I was the heir to the throne. I was so excited to finally be part of something that she hadn't gotten to yet, that maybe I could be the one who was good at this stuff. Th- they wouldn't let me in at first, but Uncle Iroh made it work. He told me not to speak. During the council at the War Room, one of the generals proposed a cruel version of the Jemsbach bullhorn maneuver. He wanted to put fresh recruits in the center for a first attack, with an elite team at the side flanks as the horns. The recruits would have been slaughtered as bait, and the generals were all for it. But I spoke out without thinking. I couldn't help myself. I said it wasn't fair for us to betray soldiers who'd pledged their lives for our country and to use them so dishonorably. And you were right! Katara cried out. "'enraptured by the tale "'and enraged by the Fire Nation "'all over again. "'They didn't see it that way,' "'he said quietly. "'Speaking out of turn "'against a superior officer "'was an act of insubordination. "'My father commanded me "'to fight in an Agni Kai "'to answer for my insult. "'I accepted the challenge, "'thinking that I would be "'answering to the general "'who suggested the maneuver. "'But... Wait, what is an Agni Kai? An Agni Kai is a sacred duel between rival firebenders. It's a fight to the death, usually. Only because living without honor is a fate worse than death. Zuko! She said, horrified. She placed a hand on his arm, and he turned his head to look at her. You agreed to that? I thought I could take him. He said with a shrug. Refusing a challenge from a superior officer was as good as forfeiting your honor, and I was arrogant and I still wanted to make my father proud of me. But when the time for the Agni Kai came, it turned out that even though I spoke against the general during the council, I spoke out in the presence of the Fire Lord, in his war room. So it was him I disrespected when I spoke out of turn, not the general. So when I got up to meet my opponent, It was my father on the other side. Spirits above, Zuko. Uh. I couldn't fight him. Growing up, every time I tried to answer back to my father to reason my way out of something, the beating was always worse and went on for much longer. I learned soon enough that it was just over faster if I just apologized. He shrugged again. He didn't see how her lips parted when he just so casually mentioned his beatings when he was a child. He didn't see how her heart broke for him. I begged for mercy, for forgiveness. There were hundreds of people there who were watching. Even your uncle? Even my uncle. But even if he wanted to do something, there wasn't anything he could do. Agni Kaiser's sacred and usually attract a crowd especially between royals and nobility. And a fight against the Fire Lord is almost unheard of. But despite the crowd, the cheering, the only one I could see was my father. You will learn respect and suffering will be your teacher. That's what he said before he struck. Zuko remembered that moment with particular clarity. He saw his father raise his fist, and how his heart had nearly burst out of his chest. He prayed to the spirits, to any higher being who was listening. He begged and chanted no, 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 no in his head, but could not speak them aloud. But there was no mercy when the bright light was too late, and all he could do was scream. And the bright light just as quickly turned to darkness, and he'd never been quite as able to see ever again. When I woke up, I was on a small ship with my uncle and a few soldiers and crew. I had written instructions that had the explanations of my banishment. When I refused to fight, I gave up my birthright. When I lost the duel, I lost my honor. My father gave the condition that I could only return and restore my honor if I came back with the Avatar in my custody. That's why you were so obsessed with catching Aang. But that was a fool's errand. You were at sea for years, looking for… nothing. For years, I thought I wanted my honor back. Really I just wanted to be with my family. I didn't really belong anywhere else. I know I had my uncle, but I get it. You still love your father, don't you? Is that bad? He asked her. Another tear fell from his whole eye, and he made no move to stop it. She was crying too. He didn't know when it was in his tail, but as he ached, she ached for him. Zuko swallowed and said... I know he's evil and all, and I'll never forgive him for so many things, but he's still my father. Is that bad? I don't think so, but I don't know, she whispered, her voice breaking. What I do know is he doesn't deserve you as a son. You're too good, and I know you deserve better. Nobody deserves anything, he muttered to himself. Why is it when it comes to good things you deserve, suddenly nobody deserves anything? She asked him. And you know what, fine. Say that's true. Say what you want. But maybe you're owed. Maybe you're owed better. He raised a brow at her as he wiped his face. She did the same. Zuko, you were just a kid. Just a little bit older than Aang is now, and younger than I am now. I can't even imagine. I don't know how you survived that. No child should ever have to beg their father for mercy. What your father did was monstrous and cruel and unforgivable. He wasn't always like that, if you can believe it. And my family was happy once. The best memories I have of them are right here on this beach. One time, He rescued me from drowning because I was stupid enough to try and help a baby turtle crab to get to the sea after it hatched. I didn't want it to get left behind by all its brothers and sisters. And he jumped into the water to save me, and I remember my mother holding me as I cried once I was safe. And when we were little, Azula and I were inseparable. She was my best friend and I was hers. We used to build sandcastles right here with our father," he said. Katara smiled despite herself. Despite what she knew, some of the characters in that tale of his eventually became. I always wondered what it was that I did for me to lose all of that. You and Azula were friends as kids? We were. All we had was each other. Father didn't like us playing with those lower than us. At least that's how it was before we were old enough to go to school and our bending abilities started to fully manifest. My father said she was born lucky, and I was lucky to be born. Still, when we were kids, we... He trailed off, wistful, as he looked up at the stars. Do you miss her? Kind of messed up that I do, right? He said by way of answering. I know she's dangerous now, but... She's your sister. She ended for him. Katara gave him a teary smile when he looked back to her. You love her. I was supposed to protect her, he said, looking at her. I was supposed to be there for her. If I were just, I don't know, better, stronger, more like her, maybe... Maybe she'd be on our side now. Maybe Ang could have had the most powerful firebender in recent history as his teacher instead of me. Zuko, you can't blame yourself for how your sister turned out. Maybe things could've been different if I could've just been a better brother to her like the way Sokka is to you. There wasn't anything you could've done, she told him. You're just as much of a kid as we are. You can't blame yourself for all of this. He reached down for the sand and balled it up to his fist and then let it go. He grit his teeth. When I saw you and Sokka playing, something in me just... I remembered how Azula and I were as kids. She couldn't say my name right back then, so she just called me Zuzu. She uses that name to taunt me now, but it wasn't always like that. He closed his eyes and fresh tears rolled off his cheeks. She reached up to touch his face, and he barely felt her thumb on the scarred skin of his cheek. He didn't mind for once, and before he could stop himself, he was leaning into her touch. I used to call her Lala. and she was a good kid, Katara, she was good once. Our father took that away from her. You know, it says a lot about you that you can talk about your sister like this when she tried to kill you. She said, her thumb gently brushing the skin of his cheek, his breathing evened out. "'Look, I know she needs to go down. I know that,' said Zuko, conviction in his tone, with a hint of regret married to his cadence. "'But I wish I could have been a better brother. She might have turned out different if I just did my job.' "'You did the best you could.' It wasn't your job to raise her. You're just a kid yourself. He bowed his head. The wind carried droplets from the ocean towards them. He shivered at the cool air. He took a deep breath, and when he exhaled, steam started to emanate from him as his inner fire heated him up. The pair of them were comfortable in the quiet now, both of them exhausted from the events of the day. When Katara rested her head on his shoulder, he mirrored the act and leaned against her too. I'm not leaving you, you know, she said to him without turning her head. His lips turned up to a small smile she could not see. Katara added, None of us are. We're your family now too. You'll have to leave eventually, he told her. You and Sokka have to go back home to the South Pole at some point. Suki has her Kiyoshi warriors, Tov- well, she won't stay with her parents, but she's going to want to be with her own people, her own element. And she's an heiress. She has obligations to her family, too. And Aang's the Avatar. He'll never be able to settle down in one place forever, he can't. You've thought about this a lot, haven't you? Like you said, I wasn't at dinner. Zuko. I don't know what's going to happen to me after this. He said simply. After I teach Aang firebending and he defeats my father, I don't know where to go. I mean, I could look for my mother, but... Look for your mother? But you told me you lost her too. I did. He amended. Or at least I thought I did at the time. When I confronted my father during the eclipse... He told me she was alive, just banished, like I was. She helped kill my grandfather to get my father on the throne, because my grandfather ordered my father to kill me as retribution against my father wanting to usurp my uncle after my cousin died. Katara's jaw dropped, and for a few seconds, she was completely breathless. But Zuko spoke the quick tale so simply, it was as if he wasn't even phased that multiple members of his family wanted him murdered. It was almost as if he wasn't even afraid to die. Zuko, your family is messed up. You confronted your father during the eclipse? You never told me that. We haven't exactly been on speaking terms until recently. "'There's a lot you don't know about me yet,' he told her, quiet but a smirk on his lips. "'But yeah, I did. "'He tried to kill me again. "'I've never seen anyone make lightning that fast before, not even Azula. "'But I haven't heard from my mother in years, and I was banished for so long. "'I'm almost 17 now. "'I haven't seen or heard from her since I was 11.' And she's been alive this whole time. Even when I was at sea, I didn't hear from her. Why would she stay away so long unless she just... He choked and swallowed as he tried to keep his voice level as he continued. Unless she just didn't want me anymore. I'm sure that's not true. You don't know that. I know your heart, Zuko, she told him. They were looking at each other again, as Katara rearranged herself to be on her knees, and she was at eye level with him from where he was sat. From everything you told me about your mother, it sounds like you got yours from her. And your uncle, and anyone who knows you wouldn't, couldn't bear to see you like this. With you thinking that nobody wants you or cares about you. If people cared about me, why do they always leave? He asked her. It hurts so much to see that there was no irony in his tone. It's not always because they want to. Sometimes you lose people because you have to. Why does it have to happen every time? He lamented loudly towards the heavens. Every time I think I can get close to someone, they don't want to hear it, they don't really want to know me. And if they do get close enough, and I start to think that maybe it'll be different this time, suddenly they're just gone. I just want to know what I'm doing wrong so I can stop doing it, so it can stop happening every time. Not every time. Not now. Zuko held his head between his hands as he grit his teeth and his jaw clenched, the embers of his sorrow starving for a spark that would set them off again. And he was so, so good at setting them alight. But Katara didn't stop. She would not let him burn himself out again. Hey, she said, coaxing him out of his self-inflicted spell. "'Look at me,' she tried. When he did, she held his face in her hands, and he did not move away or flinch or fight. He was pliant in her hands. His blood, his pulse, his heart right at her fingertips, and his life under her touch did not resist.' I'm still here, Zuko, she told him. I'm with you. When he leaned into her touch, when trembling lips parted, she knew he was about to break open in her hands. Katara reached for him, her arms around his neck, and he wept into the crook of hers. He trembled in her arms as she held him, Her hands at his hair as she soothed the rage inside him, just as he had for her. (laughs) You don't have to be alone anymore. You don't have to clothe yourself off. It doesn't matter how far away I go, I'm with you. She whispered to him as she hugged him tighter. He held her with just as much force, his hands desperately gripping at the fabric of her shirt as he held her to him just as much. "'Everything will be okay, I promise,' she whispered. "'I'm not gonna let anyone hurt you ever again. Not even me.' "'You don't have to protect me, Katara,' he whispered against her skin as he started to relax." Slowly, he parted from her embrace. "'Well, someone should, so I will,' she said as she was now facing him again, her hands on his shoulders as her knees were against coarse sand. His hands were on her waist, and they looked at each other, something earnest in the air between them. "'I'm with you, Prince Zuko of the Fire Nation, now and always,' I swear all my life. He smiled at the formality. Fine, he said, his red-rimmed gold eyes sparkling in this light. But only if you let me promise the same in return. (laughs) Deal, she said with a chuckle. But now you have to say it back. He smiled, and his shaking hands went from her waist to her face. She leaned into his touch and sighed at his warmth without meaning to. She didn't know what that meant and said nothing. Her blue eyes looked into his as he spoke the vow she'd just given. I'm with you, Sifu Katara of the Southern Water Tribe, now and always. I swear on your life. My life? She questioned, raising a brow. I have to swear on a life that still matters to me if you want that promise to mean anything. Zuko! She admonished, letting her weight fall back as she sat on her feet. He laughed, properly laughed this time, and she grinned. I'm not taking it back, he told her. "'You did the vowel wrong.' "'You just made it up. I can say it however I want,' he teased in return. "'Besides, it's not like we're getting married.' "'Whatever, your highness,' she retorted, grateful for the darkness that concealed the warmth she knew had risen to her cheeks. She settled back to her previous position of sitting next to him, only this time, it was he who rested his head on her shoulder, and it was her who leaned against him as she comforted him. We better head back soon. We're tired and you still have to train come sun up. Just a few more minutes, he said. This is a good memory, he thought to himself. It was one he intended to keep. ''You can head back now if you want,'' he added. ''I'll be okay.'' ''What did I just say?'' ''You didn't mean that literally, did you? I need to be alone sometimes, you know?'' ''I know, but it'll ruin the moment.'' ''Whatever you say. And Katara?'' ''Yeah?'' ''Thank you.'' ''For what?'' For everything. I didn't really do anything. You see me. You make me feel real and whole and somehow that makes all the difference. He thought, but couldn't say. She remembered the same words she'd spoken to him just before and she knew what they meant. Katara smiled. Nobody really has before. Not even uncle, not like this. It's... it's nice. Well, thank you for exactly the same.